welcome. I am so glad to have you tuning in today wherever you are watching this. And I want to say this, if you're new to this kind of experience or maybe you're just trying to figure out this whole church thing or who this Jesus is, I want to encourage you to lean in today. You're going to hear me talk about a book called The Bible. I believe it is an amazing book. It's the Word of God. It's the manual for life. That it is so powerful that if you would dare to read it, that it would change your life. And over the past several weeks, we've been talking through this uh, thought as a church called Crazy Faith, where it is only crazy until it happens. And I truly believe that our faith is going to be challenged in this series, that if you will lean into the process, you will find that God is going to do some amazing things in and through your life. And I believe that a shift can happen. It can happen in your life right now, even in this season that you're in, whatever you're facing, that with crazy faith, miracles will happen. They will happen. Well, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 5. It's in the New Testament. Uh, maybe you have an app. You can tune in there. If you don't have any of that, that's okay. We're going to put it on the screen for you. You can follow along. Simple and easy there. But Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I'm just going to read a few verses today. It starts out saying this. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles. They then lowered the sick man on his mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now I want to talk to you today from the subject, lazy faith. Lazy faith. If you're taking notes, write that down. But let's pray together. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're going to do today in our lives and in our hearts and in our souls. Um, God, I pray Lord, that you would refresh us today in a mighty way. That maybe there's some areas of our life that we have yet to hand over to you. Maybe some things we've tried to even hide. God, I pray today that you would begin to reveal those areas of our life and give us the grace to hand them over to you so that way you can lead every part of our life. God, we love you. We trust you. Um, transform us from the inside out today. Um, let us hear a word from you that will change our life. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Well, have you ever had a time in your life where you missed an opportunity because of lazy faith? Anybody ever been there? There has been many times in my life where I gave up too soon and I walked away from something because of a little bit of resistance or maybe I didn't get the answer that I was looking for. And maybe you've been there. But see, something I've learned is this. Too many times we get lazy in our faith. We get lazy. And because something doesn't happen the way we thought it should have, we give excuses why it won't work. And we allow our lazy to cancel out the crazy that God wants to actually do in and through our life. You see, as we look deeper into this passage, I want to I show you today some crazy things that took place in this story. But before we dive deeper, we must first understand a couple of things. The first thing is, what does lazy actually mean? What is lazy? What is that word lazy or laziness? Some of you are like, I'm married to lazy. I, 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 I deliver to lazy. I live with the lazy. 
But lazy, the definition according to Webster's Dictionary says this. Disinclined to activity or exertion. Not energetic or vigorous. Encouraging inactivity or indolence. Moving slowly or even sluggish. So that basically means that lazy actually means being against work. Or even avoiding it. It can also be used to describe something slow moving or unenergetic. But I want you to know this. Know this today. Hear me. We all have parts of our life where we are eager. We're driven. We're ambitious. We're we're passionate. But we also have some parts of our life that are lazy. Everyone has them. No one is exempt. Now you may be saying in your head right now maybe even out loud oh no that ain't me passionate like I'm driven I'm passionate I'm ambitious I ain't lazy with anything okay all right then I'm coming for you today because you may be an eager entrepreneur and you may even be super successful financially but yet you're lazy in your relationship with your kids or your spouse or maybe even your relationship with God you're like okay Maybe even you're a a faith-filled Christian that you spend time every day in God's word, that you spend time in prayer, you spend time in his presence, but yet you're lazy to actually do the physical work that God has called you to do to act on the very faith that you're believing in. You may be driven to start that business. You've got this dream, you've got the idea, but yet you're too lazy to even understand how to go get a budget. You may be passionate to pursue that relationship you ready to go after that boo thing like you looking at him you looking at her but you're too lazy to set up an accountability partner in your life to actually help you in your weakness hear me we all have parts of our life that we are eager we're driven we're passionate but we also have areas where we are lazy and we avoid or we get sluggish to act on the things that we should You see, too many people give up way too soon in their faith. We get lazy faith when God has called us to have crazy faith. Why don't you just do this for me today? Tell the person you're watching this with today, or maybe maybe you're watching this by yourself, whatever. That's okay, you can tell yourself this. But I want you to say this. Say, I'm about to get crazy. I'm about to get crazy. Because I want us to look at this text again. If we, 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 let's look at this. Let's observe the text. Verse 17 says this. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. So as we look at this scene and we see what is happening, we see that Jesus is teaching and he's healing people. I mean, he's been performing miracles left and right. And up until this point, he's turned water into wine. He's healed an official son at Capernaum. He's drove out evil spirits from a man. He's healed Peter's mother-in-law who was sick with fever. Like, thank God for all the mother-in-laws out there. Bless you. He's, he's healed many sick and oppressed at an evening one time. The miraculous catching of all these fish had happened. I mean, he even cleansed a man who had leprosy. He even healed a paralyzed servant of a centurion. And now people are hearing and seeing these miracles that are being done. And, you know, you've ever heard the phrase, hide your kids, hide your wife? Well, it was like, bring your kids, bring your wife. Jesus healing everybody out here. Like, and so these faithful friends who wanted their friend who was paralyzed to be healed, they heard about what Jesus was doing and they immediately went into action. But, but before we move on, I, I want you to notice something about these friends. These friends every day 
took care of their paralyzed friend. They had to carry him every day to places so he could get things, do things. And because they loved their friend so much, they decided to carry him to Jesus in hopes that Jesus might heal him. You see, this is why it is so important to have a a church family. This is why it's important for you to be in a small group and do life with people who are on the same journey as you. So that way iron can sharpen iron. That way you can build your faith together when you are physically paralyzed or maybe you're spiritually paralyzed or maybe you're mentally or emotionally paralyzed. They can carry you to the one who can heal you. Because hear me, there are going to be times in your life When you are paralyzed by fear and you need someone that can carry you to church to build your faith. There are going to be times in your life when you are paralyzed by an addiction. And you're going to need someone in your life who can help you get to the one who can actually heal you from that addiction. There's going to be times when you are paralyzed by past mistakes or past decisions. And you need someone showering you with the grace and the love of Jesus. There are going to be times when you are paralyzed by a loss of a loved one and you're going to need someone in your life who can help you get through that hard season, who can carry you through that hard time. There's going to be times in your life where you're paralyzed by anxiety or depression. You're going to need someone who can pull you out of that that darkness to see that there is hope again. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You need your church family like you need oxygen to breathe. Think about it. These friends, they were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like you need friends in your life that are that way. They have been taking care of their friend for God knows how long, carrying them here, there, and everywhere. And when they saw an opportunity to bring their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus, the one who could heal him, they did it without hesitation. No hesitation. You need some friends like that in your life. The verse 18, this is where we see this all begin to play out. It says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus. Verse 19, check this. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. Now let's stop right here for a moment because I want to call some of you out today. Because this right here would be where most of us would stop and go, well, we tried, bro. Guess we're going to go back home, carry you back home. And we, we would allow our lazy faith to be overcome by crazy faith. Because hear me, let me, if you're taking notes, write this down. Lazy faith says, well, I tried. But crazy faith says, I'm not giving up now. I'm not giving up now. That we, bro, we've been carrying you for too long. We done walked all this way. Ain't no little crowd going to stop us, but we getting in. Like we getting in there. But too many times in life when we get a no or, or, or we get some resistance, that's it for us. And we assume, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. And we go face a little bit of adversity. We face a little bit of no and we sink our shoulders down and we walk right back to where we were paralyzed. Well, the bank told me I couldn't get the bank loan for my business, so I guess I'm going to have to go back working for someone else and let this dream that God gave me die. Well, I guess that college said I, I wasn't able to get in, so I guess I won't be going to college anymore. Well, well I've been served divorce papers, so I guess this is it. I, I'm, I, it's over with. It's done. 
Well, I didn't get that call back from that job interview, so I guess I'm not getting the job. Now hear me, let me make this very clear. I'm not saying that if you have horrible spending habits and you don't know how to budget that the bank should actually give you a loan. No, I don't think so. Or that maybe you've done nothing and put in no work to save or bring health to your marriage and you can expect to have this just this crazy faith enough to save it. No, I'm not saying any of that because it's clearly spelled out for us in James chapter 2 where it says faith without works is dead. So what I am saying is too many times we allow lazy faith to set in and when we get a no, we turn around and we go home. Some of you are expecting to get that business loan, but yet you've been too lazy to even take Financial Peace University to even learn how to budget. And I want you to see here that these friends didn't allow anything to get in the way of the friend being healed. So they came up, they brought the friend, they get and they see the crowd. Then we continue in verse 19. It says, so when they so they went up to the roof and took off some tiles Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now, hold up. Hold up. Are you you reading the very same thing that I'm reading? Like, are you are you seeing what's happening here? This passage just went from they couldn't reach Jesus because of the crowd to now they're on a roof ripping off tiles and lowering this man right in front of Jesus. But there's a whole lot here that we aren't seeing. And you see, I think too many times when we read the Bible, we we only scratch the surface of it. We don't fully look at the details to understand what really is taking place. We don't look hard enough, but there's a whole lot going on here in this story. And I want to show you today how to look at what the Bible is saying, but also what the Bible's not saying. Because this is the question. Think about this with me for a moment. How did these men get from the ground onto a roof with a paralyzed man? How did they do that? They didn't come prepared with a ladder to get on the roof. They didn't know that they were going to have to get on the roof. So how in the world did they get on the roof? Like even more crazy. How did they carry a paralyzed man onto a roof, up a ladder, or whatever they got to get up there? Like, hold on, bro. All right, can you hold on? No, you're paralyzed. Okay, uh, put him on my shoulders. Jeffrey and, uh, and uh, Bob, you're going to hold him up there. We're going to pull him up. All right, you ready? Ah! Like, how, how in the world did they get this sucker on the roof? Then, then think about it. Then they start ripping tiles off the roof. Where in the world did they get a hammer to start ripping the tiles off? Now, we can't even miss the fact that these men are on top of somebody else's roof. Like they don't even own this house. They're ripping off a roof, a part of a house that they don't even own. I mean, some of you just built a house. You're like, don't you touch my roof now. I just paid all that money. But you see, lazy face says this. This is too much. It's too much. But crazy face says, I'm going to do whatever it takes. That something, there's something I want to point out here. These men knew that it was going to cost them something to get their friend healed. There was an investment that they were actually having to make as friends to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. I mean, let's be honest. Somebody's got to have to pay to fix the roof. Somebody's got to fix it. And something I hope that you're seeing today is it matters who your friends are. And too many times we have friends who we think are friends. But honestly, the moment that they got a glimpse of the crowd, they out. Sorry, bro. We out. 
That ain't going to happen today. Uh, I know you're paralyzed. I know your marriage is struggling. I know you ain't being, you know, with your kids, your relationship's not where it needs to be. I know that your job is struggling right now. Sorry, bro. We got some resistance. We see a crowd. We out. But these friends weren't going to stop and let anything hinder them from getting their friend to Jesus. And this is why it's important who you pick to have surrounding you in your life. Because true friends won't let you settle. True friends won't let you miss an opportunity. True friends won't let you skip leg day. True friends don't mind carrying you when you're paralyzed. And true friends also won't let you stay paralyzed. They will take you to the one who can actually heal you. You see, what also amazes me in this story is how they dropped this man down like a SWAT team entering the building from the roof. Again, where did they get the rope? Where? Where is the pulley system coming from? I mean, how did they lower their paralyzed friend right down in front of Jesus? What I'm trying to get us to realize is these men had to put in extra work, work that we didn't even see to get their friend to Jesus. It didn't happen as easy as it said in the scriptures where it says they saw a crowd, they got on a roof, they ripped the tiles off, they dropped him down in front of Jesus. But there's a whole lot of work here we don't see that it took for them to get to do the things that they were doing. This could have taken them hours to execute this plan. And you see, in, in a world that we live in today, we expect our lives to be like this scripture played out. Simple, easy. Many times we expect life to be like this This. Instagram highlight reel, like bam, like best of the best, filtered like 18 filters on your face and you look good, look like you got makeup on, but you ain't got no makeup on because we know you woke up like that and you don't look that good, but we're going to, God bless you. He made you just the way you are. Be loved, be beautiful how it is. And we want this Instagram story reel, like highlight real life. But you see, all you see is the CEO. But if you actually saw the work, if you actually saw the sacrifice that it took for that CEO to get to where they are today, all you may see is a, a pastor of this big church, but if you actually saw the work, if you actually saw the sacrifice that it took for that pastor to build into people and to build the church of what it is today, all you may see is this happy wife who looks always so happy on Instagram and filled with joy and she loves her husband way more than probably you love your husband, but if you actually saw the work, that it took for that wife to crawl herself out of that depression and anxiety and stress to bring forth joy to be happy again. Life is not an Insta story. Life is page after page after chapter after chapter of faith and work and sacrifice. That's life. It takes work to get through this life. We cannot afford to have lazy faith when God has crazy things he wants to do in and through our life. So these men, having done all this, they've done all this work, they they, they saw the crowd, they got on the roof, they dropped him down, they ripped off tiles, and they've loaded him right in front of Jesus. And I want you to notice in verse 20 how Jesus responds in this text. Verse 20 says, seeing their what? Faith. Wait, whose faith? The paralyzed man's faith? No, 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 no. It was these friends, these men. It was their faith. Jesus saw their faith and he was moved. Now I want you to understand, these men have no names. They have no titles. 
They aren't the pastor of the church. They aren't the CEO of the company. They aren't the manager in the system. No, they were simply friends that didn't need a title. They, they, they didn't need recognition. Because you see, lazy faith wants credit for the effort. But crazy faith knows that the credit is inherited in heaven. It says seeing their faith. You see, when Jesus sees crazy faith, it activates Jesus' healing power. Jesus is like, you mean to tell me you saw this large crowd and that didn't stop you? You mean to tell me that you got on this roof? Now, I know you ought to bring no ladder up here. And you started ripping them towels off somebody else's house? Just to lower this man? How did you lower him down? Like, I was, what, you lowered him down while I was preaching. I mean, I was giving a good talk. You did all that so I might could possibly just maybe do something about it. And the Bible goes on to say that it was because of their faith, their crazy faith, that this man was forgiven and was healed. You see, there's so many of you hearing this right now that today, tomorrow, next week, you're going to have the opportunity to either have crazy faith or lazy faith. What, what will you allow to be fed? The one that's going to take you into your purpose or the one that's going to keep you paralyzed in the situation that you're in? So the question I have for you today is, what is it that is paralyzing you today? Is it an addiction? Is it a lifestyle? Is it past mistakes? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? Or maybe it's just the thought that there's got to be something more to this life than what I'm currently living. Let me tell you, friend, there's only one person that can turn your life around and can bring you fulfillment in life, bring you peace and grace and joy, and his name is Jesus. That his name is above every name, and he's the only one who has the power to heal, to restore you and to give salvation, to bring the free gift of salvation to your life. And I believe that there's someone that's watching this right now and maybe, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you have, but you've walked away from God because maybe life has hit you hard or experiences in life and things have happened and you're not living for Jesus like you should. I want you to know today that Jesus is here. He's with you right now. He's the ever-present God. He is past, present, and future. He is omnipresent. And he wants to make all things new in your life today. That Jesus did not come to establish some religion or some law. No, he actually fulfilled the law that you and I couldn't because we're not perfect and he is. And he came because he desires a personal and intimate relationship with you. That he is for you. He's not against you. And I know many of you are probably thinking and watching this right now, and you're like, well, 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 I need to get my life right before I can accept Jesus. And let me tell you, from that is so far from the truth. You don't get right to get God. No, you actually get God, and He takes care of the rest. Your faith journey is a step-by-step -step process, one foot in front of the other. It is not an overnight shift, at least for most people it's not. And I believe if that's you today, and you're saying that you want a fresh start, that you want to receive this free gift of salvation and grace. And guess what? Today is your day. That this is your moment to receive the free gift 
of salvation in Jesus. That everything he did, dying on a cross for you, uh, being whipped on his back 39 times to be taking the cup, the wrath of God that represented all of sin of all of mankind, becoming sin itself, being nailed to a cross, laying his life down and three days later raising from the dead. Yeah, he did all that for you. And this is the moment, this is the place that you can actually take and put your faith and your hope in Jesus once and for all. And I believe if you want to make that decision today or to, to accept Jesus, whether it's for the first time or maybe even a recommitment, that we're going to pray a prayer right now as a, as a church family and whoever's watching this, we're going to pray this prayer together. And I want you, if this is you today, I want you to believe in your heart in everything that you're about to say. I, just with everything in you, I want you to believe this because the Bible tells us this. In Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. It's as simple as that. So I want us to pray this prayer together wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, whether you're watching this the day that this broadcast or you're watching it 10 years from now, Jesus is ready to meet you. He's ready to make all things new in your life. So if that's you today, just place your hand over your heart. I want us to pray this prayer together. Everybody where your ears can hear you, something powerful about confessing and saying it out loud with your mouth. The scripture even says, let's believe it today. Let's say it together. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. And I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin and help me to live a new life in you. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said a big amen. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer today, I'm honored to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate with you. And if you prayed that prayer today, would you let us know by texting the keyword to the number that's on the screen provided? Or maybe you're watching this online that you can click the link right there. But don't hesitate. Do it right now because we want to send you some tools to help you in your next steps in this new faith journey. And I want you to know this. Skybreak Church is here for you. We believe in you that we love you, and most importantly, Jesus loves you. Well, I hope to see you again next time. God bless you.